When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who want to punch any and all animated talking animals with French accents. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we have not stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 1994's The Swan Princess. In a magical land, Odette and Derek were about to live happily ever after. Arrange the marriage. <laughs> until Rothbart's evil spell threatened it all. As soon as moonlight leaves the lake, you turn back into a swan. Where is Odette? Now, to get Odette back, Derek and his friends will have to face a sorcerer of unspeakable power. There's danger around us. They'd hurt us if they found us. Our backs are to the wall. No fear! No way, Jose! No chance! No choice. No fear! With Jack Palance as Lord Rothbard. Odette is mine. John Cleese as the voice of Jean Bob. I'm open! I'm open! And Stephen Wright as Speed. Get moving, Slowpoke. The Swan Princess on DVD. Okay, and today we have a very special guest with us here <laughs> emerging from the shadows <laughs> is uh, my boyfriend and our friend, Josh Perlman Hall. Hello. Hi. Hello, <laughs> listeners. I will say that longtime listeners of the podcast may recognize my name. Isn't that right? Yes. From the uh, credits. Um I, oh, yeah. Uh, Theme song maker. I've always been very close to the project <laughs> from its inception. Uh, the early days of recording in our hallway, we helped set up the studio. Yes. And uh, I bore witness to many a recording session, and I've listened to many of the episodes. And uh, <laughs> I'm super excited to be here <laughs> and uh, finally get to... 
uh, <laughs> part of the thought expressing portion of the show. Yes. Um, and yesterday, as we were living our lives, Josh came up with a good um, tagline to represent his... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> appearance on the show if you would like to share it. That's right, that's right. I was thinking of, you know, the rationale and I said to myself, you know, if Maddie Morphosis can be on Drag Race, I can be on Sleepover Cinema. <laughs> and I think, I think that's a solid rationale. So, um, Audrey, how do you feel about Josh being here? Okay, well, this is irrelevant to how I feel about Josh being on the show, but I can't stand Maddie Morphosis. Me either. Every time I we cannot. watch, Josh is like, anytime she does anything even slightly less than excellent, he just looks at me with like disdain in his eyes. It, it really has nothing to do with his sexuality. It really just has to do with being kind of mediocre at drag just like a like, boring a boring queen like it's just like okay like we can definitely i'm sure you know we can do better than this but totally it's, it's like for them it's like great story so whatever but yeah it's not feels, entertaining enough it feels like they were like okay let we just gotta do this this season like go find somebody go fi if we get like one submission from a straight queen like just like go with it yeah and like just I don't for the, think she's that bad. I mean, okay, I think that she has a lot of talents, but the <laughs> talents that she shows are none of them are like, like, expressive. Yeah, they're not expressive talents, and that's what I love dra <laughs> about Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, is watching people yeah. really get into it and express something and like show who they are. And Manny Morphosis walks down the runway like she's fucking walking to pick up her mail. Like <laughs> it's so boring. Yeah. It's bad. It's it's yeah. bad. I think her mediocre guitar solo put a bad taste in your mouth. It, well, her the playing was fine, but and I don't know. Yeah, that whole situation was just like not it. Bad to me. Bad live music representation on yeah. drag race. Yeah, we yeah. don't get live music playing enough, and that was just like cemented it. Yeah, badly. Yeah, agreed. Well, I was gonna say since we're already hot taking anyway, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. might as well. Um, get into the hot take of the week. So the hot take of the week comes from Sarah B and Joey. They both happen to ask the same question. Mm. And that <laughs> is Webkins versus Club Penguin. I just recently did like a really in-depth question and Instagram story on all these like flash player games. So it's I feel like it's really fresh in my head. But I have to say Webkins because Webkins has a physical element that translates into the online game. And so you've got like the tactile element, something that you can like really care about or like, you know, as a kid with stuffed animals, you know, you love them, whatever. So <laughs> Webkins. Also, I just spent more time on Webkins. Fair. Do you want to share you yours? Go next. You go next. Okay. So. Even though I only ever played Webkins between the two of these, I am going to go with Club Penguin because I feel like there's like a legacy of like shit posting and like doing really <laughs> stupid stuff on Club Penguin that I really respect, even though it's definitely like a deep Gen Z thing and I didn't get to do it. But it reminds me of like Julia and people their age, yeah. our younger cousin, like that is like, if you were born in 2000, like you spent a lot of time on Club Penguin saying stupid things, most likely. And I respect that. 
I also spent a lot of time on Club Penguin, <laughs> but you couldn't say that much or do that much because you did get kicked out. So it was just a lot of like being booted. Like booted That's out a fun game. game. That's a fun mini game is like, yeah. what can you get away with before getting kicked out? <laughs> yeah. As someone who the opposite of Hannah, I only played, I, I would say I lightly dabbled in Club Penguin. And I never, ever, I'd never even heard of Webkins actually until like we started dating Really? Yeah, I was. What? it just wasn't like part of my awareness for whatever reason. Well, it is important to say that Josh has one sibling and he has one sister who's four years older. So I think that she missed the Webkins thing and you somehow missed yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like the sort of like stuffed animal portion of it like didn't <laughs> like that wasn't in my demographic. Mm-hmm. But I have seen some Webkins stuff. I will say I kind of have to say the exact opposite of what you said, okay. which is that as someone who did play Club Penguin, as someone who is a huge browser flash game enjoyer of that era, mm-hmm. the Club Penguin just underdelivered the experience I was looking for so brutally. <laughs> I went on there. I went to Club Penguin looking for a game, and all I got was like a weird like penguin-themed chat room. <laughs> and I was like, actually yeah. say anything. you guys got games on your phone? Like, yeah. I was like, where are the games? Like, I was like, give me, like, <laughs> mini game, whatever. Like, give yeah. me something in it. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. Is this even a game? Mm-hmm. Webkins has a lot more games. Like, and a I've ton seen more games. Webkins, yeah. like, at, like, after the fact. Like, I, we've looked at Webkins-related content together yes, a little bit. Yeah. And so I think, and Webkins just seems to be like a, I mean, Club Penguin obviously is iconic, but not a particularly good game. So I'm going to have to give it to Webkins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Webkins is the winner now that we have three people for this the, episode. The majority. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I can respect Webkins. I liked it enough. I'm just going to warn everyone. There is a lot of really weird information <laughs> around this movie. There's a lot of like oral history resources out there. So um, we're going to kind of get into the weeds, but I personally think it's entertaining and worth it. So go on this journey with me. So first of all, The Swan Princess was released in theaters on November 18th, 1994, and pretty much instantly was branded as a box office bomb. This movie was directed by Richard Rich. Great name. <laughs> Richard Rich. Yeah. Um, and it was co-written by Richard Rich and Brian N- Brian Neeson, um, who I describe as clearly a duo of destruction. Here are some of their most uh, prolific works. Great Women of Islam. These are all animated. Great Women of Islam Kids, Ten Commandments, Muhammad, the Last Prophet, the animated Book of Mormon, the Joseph Smith story, and an animated King and I. But interestingly, they also were the people behind the Black Cauldron and Fox and the Hound at Disney. Hmm. So they are like from Salt Lake City. So I think that they just like had a weird amount of like proximity (laughs) to Mormons and like religious people. Are they Mormon? I don't they think could they're be. Mormon. They, they could be. They could be. They, they might be. There's <laughs> a lot of times. It's it's funny because this is like my current niche of conversation. Like because I've just listened to like probably 30 plus hours of an ex-Mormon podcast. Oh, really? Whoa. So yeah, like recently. Like this is what I've been doing in my downtime. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what have you gleaned from your experience? <sighs> It's a cult that Mormonism is just, it's just literally a cult. Yeah. 
I buy that. So mm. that's that's the long and short of it. There proceeded to be two uh, animated sequels to like old timey animation sequels to this one princess. But now oh, there are all whatever traditional animation. But now there's all these really weird CGI sequels. And there's one from 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 and 2020. They are cranking these out. Yeah. Uh and we'll come back to why these exist because it's a little bit confusing even to me, but whatever. Okay. So then I just pulled a little bit of this backstory about uh, Richard Rich leaving Disney. So sometime after directing the black cauldron, he left Disney and helped found his own studio, rich animation studios. He directed literally dozens of 30 minute animated videos marketed to families. All of these were intended to teach positive ethical and spiritual values. Stories were taken from the old Testament, the new Testament, the book of Mormon and the lives of historical figures such as George Washington, Benjamin Franklin and Abraham Lincoln. He never had an opportunity to work with company founder Walt Disney, who had died in 1966, but he did work with the animation legend who would become the heir to Walt's artistic mantle, Don Bluth, a.k.a. the man behind Thumbelina. So they're all connected. Wow. Yeah, they're all connected. Um, Okay, The Swan Princess was produced by... Uh, kind of a lot of people, including Jared F. Brown and the most interesting character in this story, Selden Young. So when we were researching the Swan Princess, all three of us kept finding the same website called swanprincessseries.com that is like this really outdated seeming but very up to date like fan site for the swan princess but the but this man selden young seems to be the one who's like powering all of it there's this video of him at like a comic-con type convention Mm -hmm. where he is describing to the viewers there's a great swan princess youtube channel that they post on a lot and um it's him just in his suit with all the the fan <laughs> memorabilia behind him, and um, I'm gonna put it in right here. I'm here at the Portland, Oregon Wizard World Con, and meeting so many of our fans that say such wonderful things about growing up on the Swan Princess and the introduction of the Swan Princess to their children. The ambitions that we want to carry forward are very high. One of those major ambitions that we have is to be able to produce Swan Princess live action movie. When you go on it, um, there's like a little pop up that like wants (laughs) you to put your email in or like to create an account to like have access to quote Odette's diary, (laughs) (laughs) which is funny. Good branding, good branding. It's like, okay, so the website is incredible. And one of the big features on this website is this piece from the Salt Lake City Weekly called Swan Song, the 25-year journey of Swan Princess from box office flop to beloved franchise. And I just pulled, there's kind of a lot here, but um, I'm just going to read a little bit of this. So this is from the article. There's not much mistaking Selden Young when he walks into his Leighton office for an interview. The smiling, round-faced man is decked out in a tuxedo-style suit patterned with pink and white diamonds, each one filled with characters or logos from 1994's The Swan Princess. Outside the front door, there's an SUV with a similar checkerboard design. It stands out, Young says with a laugh. 
So this man has like a whole swan princess get up. Um, Literally driving around in like a custom like yeah. detail. Like yeah. Swan, swan princess, princess themed mm, mobile. 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 Yeah. Yes. Swan princess mobile. And this man basically alleges a lot of things. So uh, here's just this little blurb. At the time, yes, we were really upset, he says. We saw all kinds of things that were sabotage in nature. Now I say, look, Disney does their job, and I have to navigate around that and not hold feelings about that. He knew the trouble they were facing when he went to a latent theater on opening night and observed the dynamic as families would walk up to the box office to decide what to see. You'd have four girls and one boy in the family, and they're looking at these choices, and the girls are going, I want to go to Swan Princess. And the one boy is saying, no way, I'm not going. And they would go to the Lion King. You knew as you were going around to the theaters, we were going to get crushed. So, very That's really interesting. Yeah, um, and then somehow this thing was a flop, but they somehow spun it into a scenario where they made all of these profitable CGI sequels. And they're basically just like, LOL, anyway, it's fine. Just read us what, what Rich's final statement is. This is the director writer about this movie. So Rich believes that the basic decency of the love story is part of the appeal to fans as well as what keeps him interested in these stories. It's that chemistry that has driven the series, that Derek and Odette's love is absolutely pure, he says. We have a hard time writing for them because they have pure hearts and don't have a lot of flaws. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, this will be a struggle. Let us write six more sequels. Um <laughs> Number five, they still have no flaws. Yeah, literally, they're still perfect. Um, But I cannot urge you guys enough. You should sign up for the Swan Princess series newsletter. Uh, They got recipes. They got birthdays of the characters and their astrology signs. Uh, There's different games. They like tell you. Puffin is an Aquarius. (laughs) Puffin is an Aquarius. Puffin. Which I don't even want to talk about that, man. We'll get get to him. We'll get to him. The logline is... A vengeful wizard curses a princess to exist as a swan by day until her prince declares his undying love. I mean, this is, like, not their original story by any means. No. So, mm-hmm. you know, that is correct. Taglines. Yes. We've got two. The first one is an enchanting classic destined to capture your heart and free your spirit. And the second one is the magic begins November 1994. I definitely feel like my spirit has been freed. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I don't know if I would say that my heart was captured, but my spirit was certainly freed by the magic of this movie. Freed, but- <laughs> I feel like they're just like coming at it with this like reverence for the story that is beyond what a child can understand. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's not, you know, like they're almost coming at it with like a Hallmark type of yes. like marketing, but... It's for kids. So, like, even, well, how are you going to market it to children so they will want to see the pretty princess, but they're Mm -hmm. not, like... Okay, this cast was boring the fuck out of me, to be honest, but I'll just speed through it. So, first of all, this is in billing order. We have Jack Palance as Sir Rothbart, and this was um, the first sentence of his little bio on IMDb. Jack Palance quite often exemplified evil incarnate on film, portraying some of the most intensely feral villains witnessed in 1950s westerns and melodrama. 
intensely feral just <laughs> seems like a lot. It's a lot. Seems like a lot. Um, and he was in the movies Shane, City Slickers, Contempt, and Tango and Cash. Next up, we have Michelle Nicastro as adult princess Odette speaking lines. <laughs> so there's a lot of different people covering different parts. Um, she was most notably Amanda in When Harry Met Sally, which I've seen once and I don't remember who Amanda is, but at least it's a named character. Next up, we have Liz Calloway as Princess Odette's singing voice. And she was the singing voice of Anastasia in Anastasia. So that's significant. She was also the voice of Jasmine in Aladdin 2 Return of Jafar, uh, which just makes so much sense. Um, and she also was like a voice in Beauty and the Beast, maybe like in the chorus or something. It it didn't say what she did, but she had a credit for Beauty and the Beast, which is cool. And now we have John Cleese as John Bob. Kill me. Um, when I think of John Cleese, I just think of him as the king, aka the frog in Shrek 2. That's his main credit in my mind. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Because That's we watch. So disrespectful. Well, I'm get- Monty Python is second. Okay. I'm getting there. Um, I didn't know who John Cleese was until I watched the behind the scenes of Shrek 2 you, a zillion times when I was a kid. Your mom gave me his book. Oh, yeah, you're right. And I'm sure you poured over every single page. I read it. Which is pretty impressive for me <laughs> I because I don't like books. No, you, and reading sucks. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I'm an audio type of. I'm an audio guy. Yeah. Do you read, Audrey? Yes, I read. Like you sit down with real books and read them. I literally was reading this before. before wow. Wait, what is it? This. Uh, the Secret History by Donna Tart. Wow. Wow, that's very cultured of you. I listened. I read it like a 100-page book of John Cleese just sort of like rambling. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to audiobooks of relevant things, but I can't. I struggle to sit down and read. But anyway, congratulations, Audrey, on being the only person who can actually sit down and read <laughs> in the chat Yeah, my right reading now. speed is like three syllables a minute. Yeah, it's true. Whenever we're reading the same thing, it takes him like four times longer to read it than I I'm can. known for reading Twitter like a book. Yeah. That's, th- that's my best reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he sits down and like reads Twitter. Like he's not just scrolling. Like he's fucking reading that. Back to John Cleese. Uh, Monty Python, obviously, he's very well known for The Meaning of Life. A Fish Called Wanda. And also, he's like a narrator in a lot of Disney things, which I did not know. And then we have Stephen Wright as Speed. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. That's weird. That's like another... My dad, like, loves Stephen Wright. And we've, I've watched a couple Stephen Wright comedy specials. Of course. So. I was... Okay. I was actually... Not to get ahead, but I was kind of enjoying these animals. And and, <laughs> and I was like, their voices are kind of familiar. Like... Yeah. No wonder. Okay. This is... That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This man was in Reservoir Dogs, Natural Born Killers. He was in Louie, R.I.P. Uh, and So I Married an Axe Murderer and the Emoji Movie. Have to include that. And then I didn't include the other... I didn't include Puffin because I didn't realize he was an important character when I put the notes together. But also I would like to pretend he doesn't exist anyway. <laughs> so that works out for Reverse me. shout out to Puffin. Yeah, I'm deleting Puffin. Okay, so the budget for the Swan Princess was $21 million, which is not amazing, but it's also not nothing. Mm-hmm. I would say 
you know, a being above like 15 million, you couldn't really consider yourself low budget, but it's also really not a lot of money for a feature length anime animated film. Yeah. Um box office opening weekend made 2,445,155 and the overall worldwide gross is 9,771,658. That's really, really bad. <laughs> it is really bad. It's, uh... And then, so that was part of what confused me with Selden Young's whole spiel because he basically was like, we ended up making money. It was so successful, but it's like, how how did it even get to the point where you made sequels in the first place? I know Sony was involved and they bought something and it was like international, but... The numbers yeah. don't really check out. Yeah, it's like, how are you making, how are you still like supporting this franchise when you're 10 million in the hole? Yeah, like, right. Well, you can outsource animation really cheaply nowadays. Like, it, really? It's, yeah. You know, com- especially that type. Like, if you actually go look at what those n- sequels look like, they look mm-hmm. like video games. They look like iOS video games almost. Like, they look. <laughs> yeah. They look bad. The, um, the but CGI it's ones. The type of thing. Yeah. Either way, I could see them making their money back over time. Like, there is a really insane brand awareness for this movie. Like, everybody kind of vaguely knows what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's, it's very much like a movie you'd get from the library or, like, from Blockbuster. Like, you wouldn't really own it. At least we didn't know anyone who owned it. I don't think. We probably did. <laughs> we just it just wasn't yeah. it was never the first choice like right of all the Disney movies or even like I would probably want to watch Anastasia over this. For so many reasons. I'm excited to talk about Anastasia when we finally get there. Wait, I just had a thought. What? About owning movies and stuff. Did you guys do and or know anybody who did this? I'm pretty sure this is super illegal. It's like rent movies and then burn like burn them to VHS. No, dad literally would have murdered us if we did that. (laughs) Dad was like so anti-piracy back in the day. Mm -hmm. Like I remember him getting mad about me downloading stuff one time. Like off Napster or something. Yeah, but I never even did Napster because that like involved too much like technical ability. Mm -hmm. My dad was a huge Napster guy. So opposite. But yeah, like I think my grandparents had one of those things where you could like put in a blank one and put in a a Mm -hmm. thing and then burn it. And like we had like, a library of like illegal burned VHSs that at the beginning of everyone and they're like duplication of this is a federal offense. You're yeah. going to jail kid. And I'm like, yeah. mom, does that matter? And she's like, no. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly that wherever there's been a will, there's always been a way like yeah. as long as media has existed. So mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's fine. <laughs> so there's a 50% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, and there's no critical consensus because probably no critics went to see it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then there's two critic opinions, I guess. Um, the first one is Like Hook, Hocus Pocus, and a few other family-friendly flicks from the 1990s. This was so beloved by its target audience that nostalgia has convinced these now grown-up fans that the movie is actually excellent. Still, it possesses some minor charms. And the second one is the movie isn't in the same league as Disney's Big Four, and it doesn't have the same crossover appeal to adults. But as family entertainment, it's bright and cheerful, and it has its moments. They're both like 
It's fine. It's a nostalgic watch. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For audience score, for the first time ever, well, first of all, it was a 66% audience score, but for the first time ever in the entire history of Sleepover Cinema, there were no audience reviews for this movie (laughs) on Rotten Tomatoes. Instead, I just looked up the 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 phrase "the Swan Princess" on Twitter and pulled just some random tweets of (laughs) things that people said about it from like the past year. One person said, "Anyone else ever be lost in thought, and then a random movie pops into your head, and now it's all you think about, and you need to watch it?" For me, it's the Swan Princess. (laughs) Someone else said, "The Swan Princess is severely underrated." The next person says, I wish I was watching the Swan Princess RN. And then last but not least, just remembered the Swan Princess movie I had on tape when I was little that I watched so much the tape broke. And the only line I can remember from the whole thing is you should write a book, how to offend women in five syllables or less. So that's really what the people had to say that I found. They're nostalgic. Yes. Yes. Josh, why don't you start us with what you remember from childhood about this movie and when you think the last time you watched it was prior to yesterday. So I think the last time I watched it, I have no idea, like no receipts of any sort. My best guess was probably when I was like between the age of five and seven. So like maybe 2002, 2001, 2002. I remember being like young, like young while watching it. These are things I have uh, for what I remember. I wrote down the print. <laughs> Okay. Or down, the prince and princess hate each other, but they kind of have that DTF anyway energy. Then they become <laughs> lovers, question mark. Um, swan in a lake at night. That was just an image in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I wrote down, what does this movie have to do with swans? <laughs> I didn't remember when writing that down that she turns into a swan. Yeah. I was just like, what's the swan part? Yeah. Couldn't remember that. Some sort of archery montage game. Montage. (laughs) Some sort of archery montage game. A song, This Is Not My Idea of Fun. And is it a musical? I think so. (laughs) I remembered watching this in Aaron and Julia's basement. I remembered that the swan transformation was a sleigh. Like the visuals were a sleigh. And something about an arranged marriage and beefing. And last time I watched this, I was probably like eight. Yeah. I have no clue. Last time I watched it, I don't think I've seen it much um, in my life, maybe twice. I kind of didn't remember anything <laughs> except for the fact that it was the story of Swan Lake. So, like, I can I I can assume what will be in this movie. And I kind of also recalled their, like, their hatred for each other, like, as kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's short-lived, obviously. Very. In my mind, it played, like, a much bigger role in the movie. It was like, yeah, that's maybe, like, half of the movie is them, like, hating each other as kids. Which we will get into that. Maybe it's because, like, maybe as kids, like, you, like, if you're the one choosing the movie, you'll, like, watch the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie and then just, like, move on with your life or, like, switch. And so you'll see that same thing more times. I could totally see myself doing that. Yes. So this was on Amazon Prime, right? For rent. I mean, you had to pay for it. 
It was but. a $4 rent, I hate to say. Um, but we rented yeah. it. We are keeping Selden Young going. Yeah. We are putting gas in the gas tank of the, <laughs> swan, yeah. the Swan Princess Mobile. Yes, it's true. Rent that shit and then meet us back here and we will discuss. Cue, cue my composition. Yeah. We are back and we are here to discuss the Swan Princess. What our thoughts were, the good things, the bad things, the ugly things, the annoying things, all the things. <laughs> and I'm just going to start us off with this isn't necessarily a good thing, <laughs> but I'm okay. just going to say Rothbart is simply a worse version of Preminger and that is that. Yes. Preminger is like the very gay-coded villain of Princess and the Pauper who okay. tries to marry Princess Annalise to get the throne. So similar plot. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, purpose. yeah. Like, they're extremely similar in <laughs> intent. Yeah. I see, I see. Um, but Preminger is like not actually trying to hit it, whereas I feel like Rothbart is a little unclear, actually. Whether he's actually trying to hit it or not, or, or what, like <laughs> he doesn't seem to care at the end when he like kind of when he's like, oh, she's dead. <laughs> or am I getting ahead so, of myself? Well, but. I don't think the main goal is to hit it by any means. I don't think if she <laughs> no. died that he would be sad he didn't get to hit it. Uh huh. <laughs> In the end, his goals, his goals seem to start to kind of fly out the window. No, 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 no. Okay, I, I'm gonna take. I'll take it back to the appreciates though. Please. But I just had to get that out of the way. I thought it was funny that they referred to forbidden arts. <laughs> like, yes. When they're talking about like dark. Yeah, magic. yeah, yeah. That whole section where that beginning section with the narrator and then when they when they bring up forbidden arts, it's like this knockoff Disney thing where they're like talking about all these elements of fairy tales, but in terms that aren't usually used. <laughs> like okay. forbidden arts is not usually used. It would be like evil forces, dark forces, um, you know, something like that. Uh huh. So the whole portion of this is my idea of fun is like <laughs> what, like twelve? It's like a twelve-minute number <laughs> practically. Yeah, and it's. It takes you to such heights that literally the rest of the movie could not live up to. And I was like, they should just end it here. Like, this should be a short film. And the fact that, the fact that, because I forgot what this movie was honestly about. And so when hyping up in This Is My Idea of Fun, the fact that they're just going to um get married, blah, blah, blah. And then directly after the number ends... He's like, I only like you because you're pretty. And she's like, bye. <laughs> so, <laughs> that whole thing I had issues with, Yeah, that too. landed in a really weird we'll, way. We'll, get to, we'll yeah. get to it, yeah. Yeah. But the good part of that, just that entire number, was pretty superior, I, I have to say. Of course, all these years of planning <laughs> wasted. <laughs> wasted. 
good. <laughs> so I'll good. I'll insert that. All of these years of planning. Wasted. 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 The aesthetic of Odette, like, emerging and reemerging in like with the water, the transformation mm-hmm. and the, the colors of that were really nice. Yes, and like totally I th- even though the animation is like bad, quote, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not nearly as bad as Thumbelina. Truth, hmm. truth. And in fact, I can admire their their attempts at m- like modern animation with the last <laughs> shot. Uh, like oh the very, yeah! The final shot mm-hmm. of the movie where it they've got the the water is like computer animated and everything else is like a still two D image and it's yeah. just it's really bizarre to look at now but I think it's kind of a cool shot now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The song where I don't even know what they're singing about but there's split <laughs> screen and it's like a music yes. video. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was like, what is this? Like, it, it it honestly looked like an animated music video rather yeah. than a film. And I thought that was kind of a weird style change, but kind of fun. So, yeah, again, the water looks amazing. All, all the water I really enjoy, even when it is the weird CGI water. Mm-hmm. There are an unbelievable amount of rolled R's in this movie. <laughs> like, like they're constantly rolling their R's for no reason, and it just is funny. Oh, yeah. Wait, I wrote down that I wanted to hear... I don't know if Josh can do the voice, but the voice of... <laughs> The line, of, you're a rabbit for Christ's sake, but it was like, oh, like, can, uh, are you about Rogers? Rogers, wait, you're a rabbit for, what does he say? <laughs> yeah, he says, you're a rabbit for Christ's sake. They say Christ's sake in this movie? Wow. Really? Yeah. You're, you're a rabbit for Christ's sake. <laughs> I also, do you know the like footman section where like the footman oh, I wrote it down. singing that song? Yes. I was like, can I was like, can Josh recreate this? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that you said that because we were like having that conversation when that part came up, yeah. which leads me to my main point. Well, two more things. Princesses on Parade is the peak of my life. That's Drag Race. Yeah, yeah, Josh was like, this is literally Drag Race. And I was like, you're right. And the vocal performances and the vocal arrangements are absolutely like God tier. They're really good. They're so good for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like no reason at all. I was really impressed with the music throughout. I mean, okay. I was impressed with the arrangements the quality production, the orchestral stuff, like all the vocals, the songs, eh, the mm-hmm. songwriting, like they're not songs that you're going to be like, I'm going to like sing this for the rest of time. But like the quality was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which kind of sucks. It's like the quality's so high, but they're not earworms. Like you don't no. like, you don't like, I couldn't no. tell you a single line from the songs other than this is not my idea of fun. That's that's the mm-hmm. only one that I could tell you. Aside from not my idea of fun being being the plot, 
because there is no plot of that section otherwise, they don't really tie into the plot all that well. For instance, whatever the one where the animals are trying to get the map, like there didn't need to be a song there for that to happen. And like, it didn't really enhance that like way that you interpret that scene. And, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other ones I don't I don't even remember where there were songs in a lot of the Yeah, like the songs didn't always make sense when they came yeah. in and like what were they really doing? Cuz that mm-hmm. that adds a lot other than lyrics like that adds a lot to what like I feel like a great example of that is like Kiss the Girl from mm-hmm. Little Mermaid. It's like everybody remembers that song not only because it's an action, like the name of the song is an action and you want that to happen. It's very it's tied it's integral to the point of the scene and that wasn't really mm-hmm. the case with right this like movie. you're saying like the animals are like saying it like literally urging it to happen like it's like yeah like it happens because of the scene, song exactly like they they go together that you can't have one without the other but it's more like that's why this movie reminded me more of music videos in some way because mm-hmm. They could exist separately. Like, you could just have the dialogue alone and have the same story without the songs. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be like that. When I was sitting here thinking about um, before the movie uh, of This Is Not My Idea of Fun, and then I was like, wait, is this a musical? It's because that's the only memorable song in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, there could have, <laughs> there could very easily have been literally just that song in the movie, and I yeah. would not have been shocked. And, or disappointed. The, that, and you know why we remember that song is because that's the song that you can't remove from the narrative. Like it, they go yeah. together. They're yeah. Integral. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's like a really good point. I think I even said while we were watching, I was like, okay, so a lot of this singing is diegetic almost. Like there's like numbers where you feel like they're like on a stage and you're like, what yeah. is going on? Mm-hmm. As a child and a current human, I was really into like knights and stuff and like swords. And I went to the um, Renaissance Fair a bunch of times. And this movie has like <laughs> like very like visible like main thing on the screen: knights with swords. Within the first five minutes, it's like out, that totally must have sold me on this movie as a kid. I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'm watching so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also the. Odette and Derek, when they're really little kids, are fighting with these little wooden swords, which I also like remember seeing as a kid and being like, that's sick. I got to get some wooden swords. Like (laughs) that totally was childhood inspo. Um, I also found it really enjoyable in going back to that number that like the kind of the whole point of that is that Odette is like better at the boys stuff than the boys. Like Mm -hmm. she beats them at cards. She beats them at games. She like beats them up like she like (laughs) physically harms them she gets them with the slingshot like all these things that kind of it's kind of I feel like the point of that number is like it shows the audience all these reasons that Derek could like her and then at the end when she's like (laughs) why do you like me it's not like oh because we have like a bunch of things in common and like we have this whole history he's like pretty like like the audience knows what he could have said but he doesn't like I feel like that is part of what kind of helps that scene. I feel like you're throwing this scene many bows. Honestly, I, I yeah. genuinely felt that. I, I'm not even doing it. I'm not even like stretching for that opinion. I was like yeah. sitting there and I was like, oh, like, dude, like say like <laughs> you, you like, you know, have all these like activities that you've done together forever. Talk about or the activities. The activities. Okay, I'm an activity wait. appreciator. I really need you guys to explain me something. 
Okay. <laughs> what is the reason that she changes her mind about him so quickly? <laughs> There's not. Because, yeah, because I'm like, he. you literally were just like, you're an asshole. I'm not going to marry you. And then, you know, the whole swan thing happens to her. And all of a sudden it's, where's Derek? Where's Derek? You don't even <laughs> like him. <laughs> Wait, like, that's true. But you know uh, what? It's a bit of a yearning, like, dysfunctional love situation. Because, like, is well, it? Well, honestly, if you think of the, the the course of the whole first like twenty minutes of the movie, like, it's up and down so many times. It's like they hate each other, they hang out, but then they're playing cards, but then they still hate each other, and then they like randomly see each other one time like is that implied to have that time has passed and they hadn't seen each other and then they're like ooh that they turned to a hottie like <laughs> we got to like get this happening and then <laughs> and then but then within the same day like within the same like time moment of the movie they're like gonna get married and then she's like but why and he's like i don't have a good reason and she's like never mind i literally thought i missed something because she went right. from hating his ass to <laughs> wanting his ass in like well, five I, minutes. I yeah. do think like one thing that you're supposed to get is that she doesn't hate him when he said that th that she was beautiful. And that's the only reason why. I think that she was just like, that's not a good enough reason for us to get married. <laughs> like you need to get your shit together and come up with a better reason than that. Okay, so him coming out to the forest and basically killing her with a bow and arrow <laughs> is like... <laughs> yes. Not. Wait, I have so much to say about that. Um, we'll come back to that. Okay. We'll come back to this, the forest scene <laughs> and proceeding scenes when Derek and when Derek and Odette are reunited through multiple like acts of violence. <laughs> yeah. I thought the scene with Derek and the king, like when the king, like they get attacked by Rothbart when he turns into a dragon or whatever or bat or whatever happens, and he runs out and he's like. The king. The king. Yeah, the king. He's he, like dying. Did he die in the beginning? Yeah, I'm saying in oh, that scene, in the right, right, beginning, right, right, right. It, it's like raining and he's like, it's not what it seems. <laughs> and Derek's like, what? What do you mean? Like, I don't know. I was kind of buying that scene personally. <laughs> I was enjoying it. I was like, yeah. this looks this looks pretty good. The height of the dramatics in this movie is like wild compared to other you know maybe a comparable scene would be like when the beast almost dies in Beauty and the Beast or like when he does die I was I guess, trying to mm -hmm. think of like parallels it was hard to come up with though but like that when people are in peril in Swan Princess it is actually a little adult like it's like a little mm -hmm. bit adult you know That's what, what I'm saying mean? Like the king in that situation is like he is like grasping. He is I like know. he's like you believe that he is like dead, like dying. Like <laughs> yeah, that man Just is like dead. The, that man is dead. The level of agony for a cartoon mm -hmm. for children was yes. very high. I wrote down Rothbart's magic looking kind of good. <laughs> like he's walking around, he's like, pshaw, 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 like just shooting these little like flourishes of magic and like shit is like changing and like the background is changing and stuff. And I'm like, this looks sweet. Like the fluidity of that magic animation. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really, that actually, it's actually really cool. Mm -hmm. And then also I, I enjoyed, I don't know. I found the final fight scene between Derek and the, the great beast Yes. The great animal, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, like 
dynamic as in I, I thought I was like I don't know I thought that that was a cool fight scene and then Odette's final outfit so good oh, yeah. the, the final sleeves. outfit yeah. yeah we also do need Agreed. to shout out the black version of the dress mm, yes mm-hmm. it was giving it was giving character select screen yes uh, like outfit change well and it was also giving um Jasmine in her red bikini vibes I'm really ready to get into the bag okay. I'm so ready to get into the bag <laughs> okay um Audrey why don't you go first in the lyrics, when he literally calls her an ugly duckling. <laughs> yeah. I was like, fuck this guy immediately. I was just like, I hate him. And he, to be honest, someone who's going to say that right up front can never recover in my eyes. Like, you, <laughs> you will not be gaining any sympathy from me, sir. Yes. And I'm never going to approve of you two. I think she deserves better. <laughs> Because she does. Because it's uh, like kind of harsh. Not well, much time also, has passed. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm, like he hasn't mm-hmm. had also, time like, to change. <laughs> it also just feels like why are they making bird jokes before anything bird related has been inflicted <laughs> upon her? I was thinking about that too. Yeah. It's like duckling. Like, ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Save it. Yeah, it's like it was canonically like a coincidence. Yes, that they were talking about swans okay. barking swan thing. Uh, apparently. Do they really need two dumb lackey characters for Derek? Do they need two? No. <laughs> Apparently. Okay, this movie is overloaded with so many dumb lackey characters, but we don't need to talk about Literally. that Literally. I wrote, I just hate animal sidekicks. I cannot care about them. <laughs> Me fucking too. The, I hate them. Literally, the only exception to that in my life is Pascal Entangled. Because he's Because he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk and he's just cute. And and that's yes. it. And what's with um animal sidekicks having European accents all the time? Apparently <laughs> that I wrote okay. I wrote down this frog is the return of Giacomo, fuck my life. <laughs> yeah. I or not yes, just I hate it. It's also like, isn't in Princess and the Frog, doesn't he have an accent? And also, why is the character designed for that frog and the, the frogs same. in Princess and the Frog the same? I know. <laughs> like that well, annoys me. Princess and the Frog is way later, right? Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of, but there's a lot of stuff in this movie where it was like, that reminds me of a Disney movie, but this came out before the Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is like a weird pool mm-hmm. that they're all pulling from. It's because um, all these okay. people have all worked for Disney in their careers. Like, right. they come from this, they're cut from the same cloth. So I thought that it was really funny at the very beginning when it's like, there was once a king who didn't have a child. And he was really sad. And then an heir was born and it's literally just arms from off screen, like <laughs> chucking an, a swaddled yeah. infant at him. <laughs> Also, <laughs> what why? does that imply? <laughs> she was just born. Is yeah. she like a child of God? Like, is she like right. Jesus Christ? Conception. Like, <laughs> Where did she come from? I have from? questions about that. And then I also am like, why is he old as fuck? And also, why is Derek's mom so old, even when he's like a kid? Their ages don't change <laughs> Over the like ambiguous 15 yeah. to 20 year course of their on screen time. That just threw me off. I wrote down, is this movie secretly a boy movie? It must be because I could not pay attention. <laughs> really? I think Other that than it is. She, would, she would hop in the water, then I would look, 
other than that, yeah. <laughs> I was like, like okay. there was, like, there was so much. What do you have to say to that? But don't get crazy with your answer. Because this is the swan princess. <laughs> but they wanted it to be, they were like, this can't just be a girl movie. We have to like make it more equitable based on like the content within the movie. Let's add like more of this, like the whole hunting montage. You know what I'm talking about? With like that whole thing is like very Derek centric. Like most of the on screen like actions are Derek. Yes. Yeah, it's like, like just him fucking around. They completely shot themselves in the foot by doing that. Because if mm-hmm. you're going to name it the Swan Princess, kids are not that nuanced. They see princess, they have made their judgment. So when all the when little <laughs> girls do go to see it and it's like not what they want it to be, um, they're not going to go back and watch it again. So you're. Mm-hmm. Boys won't like it enough to watch it again. And these are extreme generalizations, obviously. But, like, boys won't like it enough to watch again, and neither will girls. Because it was, like, too middle. It was, like, too middle of the road. It was, like, trying to make up for itself. It was almost, like, self-apologetic. Because it's like, yeah, the boys aren't going to want to watch a movie called Swan Princess. The girls are going to want to watch it. They're not going to enjoy it as much as they wanted to. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, there's that whole, like, sports montage. I was, like... Of with the animals it. and the random hag lady who didn't have a voice actress. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, they're like playing hockey. They're like playing all, like all these sports references. And they're like, put one in there for the boys, you know? Like, yeah. I just, the answer is yes. It kind of is secretly. A kind of, yeah. I wrote down, nothing makes sense. <laughs> That's all I wrote. I also wrote this puffin is gonna make me KMS because it's true. Kick myself. <laughs> the second he showed up on screen, I was literally overcome with existential <laughs> levels of humiliation and embarrassment. We gotta talk about this puffin for a second. <laughs> I wrote this down. What is this fucking puffin doing here? What was he? Pri- what was he doing prior to being shot with an arrow? Does he have an agenda? Did he have a life prior to just happening to just show up in the scene? What was he doing? Who is also, he? Also, like, what is the like geographical climate for a puffin? Like, <laughs> they live. They live on cliffs. They live on cliffs. Is it not Arctic? They're diving birds. That's why he like dives in that one scene. Oh, but like, but but. But oh, we got a puffin he, expert over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know a lot about puffins. Let me drop you some more puffin factoids. No, I actually don't know. I don't. That's that's me remembering. I could be extremely wrong. If there are puffin experts listening to this, please roast me in the comments. Um, but I'll leave a review of this and 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 say was good until he started saying wrong things about puffins. <laughs> but my question is, the puffin comes in. He's got an arrow in his wing. Where did he get this arrow? Why is he here? Why does he stay there? Is he not like, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm good now. I'll just l- keep on flying like, wherever I was flying. now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he was like, I'll fight you. And they were like, no. And he was like, oh, I owe my life to you now. I'm like devoted to you. Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that was the whole thing is that that's why he stayed because she took the, the arrow out and then he was like, Miss, I'm devoted to you for like until I've paid my debt. But then at the end, you would expect that he would be like, I've paid my debt. Now I'm, I gotta go. now I'm scuttlebutting away. <laughs> you know, but he never does. You know what's weird also? Why it's sort of a Snow White, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves thing where it's like the dwarves like want a kiss from Snow White, but except in yes. this movie, it's animals, which is yes. <laughs> weird. 
Odette and Derek's rip or uh, hair <laughs> hair dues are ripoffs from the Little Mermaid, and it annoys me. <laughs> um, I just wrote down do Jazzy. Good. Yeah, they, they do look good, but they're not original. I wrote down Jazzy Rothbard <laughs> under bad things. <laughs> under bad. bad things, Jazzy Rothbard. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Rothbart oh, is a hard no for totally. me. When like fake Odette walks into the ballroom and they're all like, hmm, it looks like that's Odette. It's like, do you guys not fucking know what she looks <laughs> she like? She doesn't look any different. You doesn't look any different than she looked last time. She's just wearing a different dress. <laughs> it's, exactly it's not even a different hairdo. No. She's not even like, like, a mask. Really, like acting very different. Like she just no. looks a little like, she just has like no facial expression, which isn't that different from her normally. So. No. Right. Well, we were th- suspecting <sighs> because that the, ha- the hag character that she is currently like, being played by or whatever doesn't have a doesn't have a voice like she can't talk in the yeah. in her yeah. hag form so we're like oh like she won't be able to talk she'll just like kind of nod and Derek's like gonna get suspicious or whatever yeah. and then she just can talk as Odette and yeah. like, oh, okay. okay but doesn't that whole plot line just remind you of The Little Mermaid like Vanessa yes. and 100%. all that like yes very so what it is um, okay and the last <laughs> thing I wrote is swan acceptance. I don't know what I meant by swan acceptance. But I, I remember that you, at some point you were like, she's just going to like accept her life as a swan now. She's just like, yeah, this is happening. And I didn't get why she was supposed to die in the end. Like she almost died. Yeah. It was like, as soon as Derek was going to pr- like, like give his he, love to the wrong Odette yeah. that sh- that would cause her to instantly die for some reason. Like, Won't you just be stuck as a swan? You want yeah. To die. I didn't think it was instant death. But it was right. par- somehow part of the curse that if he didn't do that, that she would just like die. I was just like, that's an interesting clause. Like, I don't uh-huh. know about that. I want I want to follow up on Jazzy Rothbart, though, okay, which is do. just that Rothbart's voice actor is so intense. Like, it's <laughs> like it's like not funny in any way. He, he is- sounds like a legitimately terrifying dude <laughs> yeah. the whole time. And so then when he starts singing, it goes from like. I will kill you too. I'm the jazzy guy doing stuff. And you're like, how does this, how is this happening? It's so hard to follow that that actually happens. The first like 30 minutes of the movie in general are such a, like there's, it's so all over the place. The pacing is so bizarre. Like so many things happen. There's that first little narrated part. And then there's the whole montage we talked about. And then like, it goes to the area with the swan and oh and the king dies and like it's just like like all this stuff and i was like what is happening like how is there more movie left like the pacing was so weird to me mm-hmm. like the whole time like the way derek's face is drawn it's like super blocky and it looks kind of like he's like looking down his chin at you the whole time for some reason or like i don't know i have i have issues with how some of the characters are drawn like i also wrote down that they all, both Derek and the King's hands are like 10 times the size of normal <laughs> hand. Yeah. Like they're super huge, which is fine. I mean, it's a cartoon and like you're allowed to do that. But like, I just was really like, I found it very jarring. Um, I wrote down, why can't she just walk away from the lake though? Which like, <laughs> like, I guess we get why. Cause she needs to turn back into human, but like, she's just going back and forth anyway. No, like, like, why doesn't she just, well, she'll turn into it no matter where she is. But like, why does she need to stay there? No, she is my needs question. to stay there because she won't turn back into Odette unless she's standing in the moonlight 
which does it have to be on the lake? It's a little confusing. I, I think yes, but like, okay, just skip a night or, or whatever. But she wants to be a hot girl as often as she can. Well, my other question is like, <laughs> why doesn't she just like, like Fiona? <laughs> yeah, like Fiona. It's, it's yep. True. But okay, I, I get that. But also like, wouldn't it be of her interest to like, in the, during the day, like go away, find so- anybody, be like, I'm going to turn into a swan. She turns into a swan. No, like, she's the swan during the day. No, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, at night, she <laughs> goes wherever she needs to go at night. Okay, and, and she's then. She's like, check this shit out about to turn into like, a swan. She's like, I'm, I'm cursed. Like, please find Derek's and help. Bro, like, I'm cursed. Like, there's, there, it feels like she has way more agency than she does. She's literally like, well, I guess I'm going to turn into a swan in 12 hours. I'm going to just talk to this frog and turtle. Like, that's the only option I have. <laughs> Like what? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make I mean, she's sense. she's literally royalty. Like, why couldn't she just? Yeah, like you know, it, it, pull some strings, voice her complaints. <laughs> she's got to go have. She has to have some options. Yes, it would be easy for her to go to her um, father? Question mark. Did well, he, he die? Now. No, he died. Wait, who would she go to? Literally, I'm thinking she goes to the nearest anything. <laughs> it's like, I'm Princess Odette. You know me. I'm cursed. I'm going to turn to a swan. Send help. I'm like, I'm over there. Like, I'm just like, like two miles. It, there's a castle over there. You probably know it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> instead she yeah. just talks to the frog. Um, I wrote down that the swan element, like the fact that it's a swan is 100% irrelevant. She could be <laughs> basically any animal. It could be, yeah. it could yeah. be the goose princess. It could be the armadillo princess. Like it could be, it could be anything. Like why well, the swan? the source material, source material. That's yeah. why. That, I'm sure there was more of an explanation there, but like in this movie, it could be kind of anything. Yeah. It has to do with um, bird-like aesthetics in ballet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like gracefulness. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's like, it's a beautiful animal. She's still beautiful even she's when she's a swan. She's still fuckable. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. She's still fuckable as a bird. Do not worry. You cannot get it twisted. It's all upside. <laughs> You've got both. <laughs> Okay, then there's that, that part in the in the movie where DTF anyway, <laughs> DTF anyway with the swan element. Um, I mean, she has like lashes and like a gold. I was gonna streak. say, yeah, yeah, like they make her swan face like unnecessarily like beautified. Yeah. Um, the uh, the the part in the movie where they're like, "There's no moon tomorrow night." You know, she's, she's like, like, I'm gonna go to the, the ball anyway. And then Rothbart's like, sorry, B, you forgot that there's no moon tomorrow night. And it shows like a little sliver of a moon. And she's I like, feel like and she's like, no. She like crumples. And she's like, wasted. <laughs> she I, I feel like the, that like the like <laughs> logistics of that would have gone over the heads of so many kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, what do you mean? Like, why not? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, how? Like, the kids don't understand the moon, the lunar wa- cycle. They, they don't know a waning gibbous when yeah, they exactly. see one. Okay, so you guys probably noticed this too, but you know, we've got a somewhat Hercules in Hercules the Muses mm-hmm. inspired number. Yes, and um. I was like, when I saw the carbon copy girl animations in like different 
basically shades of color, like skin wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, they they like drew white looking women and then just colored them different shades of brown and were yeah. like, all right, this is it. Um I thought that was interesting. And at first I was like, oh, that's that's nice. Like I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And then when I actually <laughs> was like listening to the song and understanding what they were going for there, it really was reminding me of like Hercules and the Muses and just how half-assed. Like Hercules at least is not half-assed. This mm-hmm. was like yeah. extremely half-assed. <laughs> yes. And Josh wrote that down too. Yeah. They're like yeah. barely in it. You you put it down in a funny way. I you wrote were like down, uh only black person in the movie is a random, badly drawn background singer. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it becomes very clear what they were going for. Mm-hmm. At first I was like, oh. Because I, I was actually noticing how every townsperson was like white person with bread or whatever. <laughs> white person with sloshing barrel. Yeah. yeah. Why, is it, why is it always like white women with those water buckets? Yeah. Um, I had a couple little problematic things, if I may. The first one I is... Mean, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. The first one is age gap. Ooh. Yeah, I wrote down that that Derek literally is like playing with Odette as a baby. Like he's like uh yeah. he's like a It's like unnecessary age gap yeah, moment. Yeah, he looks like he's and like 4 or 5 and she's like a literal infant. That's like um Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, that is like that happens in I Sleeping think Beauty. I've, I think I've named every Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, you really have. I thought the line when I think it's in This is my idea when Odette's like, I have bruises with his fingerprints, like uh, talking about the king, like dragging her about, being oh, like, like, like trying to get her, her to like go and dad. hang out with him. Yeah. I was like, damn, like that's kind of dark. Intense. This this whole thing, yeah, is about like men making judgments and controlling women, and she has no agency, and she never does, and yeah. she mm-hmm. just submits to being in love with Derek <laughs> for no reason. Well, I mean, she kind of has agency in that, like, I mean, if you think about it, well, no, just <laughs> in that she can walk to the lake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that like the first scene where it's like the literal King and literal queen are like, we got to make this shit happen. And then she's like, no. And they're like, damn it. Like that is agency. Like she made her choice. Okay, there. but you you're not keeping in mind that they literally tried to force it for her entire life. I don't even understand <laughs> why they let her say no. It doesn't make well, any that's sense. What I'm saying is that that like I feel like she actually yeah, that in that weird. scene. Yeah, they're like we literally we were like the Especially literal knowing king. How and- <laughs> emotionally invested the queen was. <laughs> like damn, but yeah, it's like they could have very easily just been like, "No, you're you're marrying like this just makes sense." No. Like, do it, honey, or whatever. And she's like, "No, like she has a say in it." Yeah, but yeah, which was bizarre, and it almost felt like kind of like a modern day twist that they were trying to implement is that yes, like the yes. princess is allowed to have a problem with. Um, the prince seeing her in such a shallow way, like she's allowed to right. have agency and say no, but mm-hmm. we're not actually going to make it about that. Right. Right. I wrote down feminism, but only at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, not actually. It's like basic ability to say no. Yeah. And then that's yeah. it. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the thing is that this is 
all of the sort of like shit between Derek and Odette all happen on Odette's terms. She's like, this is what you need to do. I'm like requiring you to like <laughs> devote your love to me in like this mean in a way that like is meaningful to me. Cause he's kind of like, what's wrong with me just telling you that you're pretty and like move on? She's like, no, we gotta do it like this. But does he? Does he really Nobody prove never himself? Does. <laughs> he made the vow for her. <laughs> it was for her. But based off of nothing still. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is admitting. That part was really dramatic. Really dramatic. Oh, wait, we forgot. Okay, we have to, we will can literally talk about this forever, clearly, and I'm sure <laughs> we will continue to talk about it in our lives, but we forgot to talk about, Audrey, do you remember the part when, like, the first time you see Rothbart propose to Odette and she starts to say no, and he's like, no, no, like, he starts, like, panicking. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> I'll send you it's the clip. so like, good. We should put it you in. You gotta put it in. We'll put it in here. Will you marry me? Every night you ask the same question. No, no. And every night I give you the same answer. Don't. I'll die first. It's so funny. Like the way that he says it is like enraged panic. It's and so like, like cutting her off, and he's yeah. like, like he, she's just turned him down. Like seemingly the next, like the last, like five nights or whatever. And he's yeah. like, no, no. And you're like, what? Like what are you saying? It's so weird. Also, I gotta do just because this is me. This is this is how I, you know, my take on movies is always looking for these the plot the plot holes. <laughs> I think they're funny. If Rothbart could turn the random hag lady into Odette the whole time, mm-hmm. couldn't he just take her to the kingdom he was trying to take over and be like, "Look, it's Odette. She wants to marry me," and everyone's like, "Yep, seems fine," and then they move on with their lives, and he has the kingdom. Yeah, like, couldn't he just have done that? It seems like yeah. Yeah, well, up until the part where we've got fake Odette, like, actually in the room and everybody is seeing her, you know, you're not really clear if his magic is something that he's only seeing or if it's uh-huh. something that everybody hmm. can see. Um, but, yeah, that yeah that plot hole is valid because people do see fake Odette. But maybe they're only seeing it because he is— uh, they are under his influence. Like, mm. I see. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. the perhaps, emperor perhaps. wears. The emperor's new clothes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The emperor wears. The emperor wears, wears, the emperor Prada. wears Prada. <laughs> <laughs> Still, though, yeah. couldn't he just been like, look, we're married. And then everybody's like, cool. And then and he then, like puts her it, in like a castle. Right. Or like she disappears in a puff of smoke, but it's too late. And they're all his servants anyway. Like, well, he does make kind of the, the yeah, point that, that's like you, if you steal it, you have to fight to keep it. Whereas if you get, he says this, he, but if you like get it rightfully, everybody's like hunky dory. Uh, that's the struggle of magic in all, pretty much all movies that it's in is yeah. like, don't you think there's other ways, like there's other ways to get mm-hmm. what you want. If you are a magical being, like, yes, you, it doesn't have to be this hard. Uh, the you're, swan, bringing, you're bringing up the logistics of magic swan, this late in the episode. The swan that will princess, get Josh going. The swan princess enlists a, a soft magic system. It's not a hard magic system in there. <laughs> Go watch a video on it if you're curious. Soft magic versus hard yeah, magic. Yeah, that's actually kind of interesting. It's really interesting. Okay. Is Swan Princess good? No. No. Is watch it, is the it first a fun watch? Minutes. 
it was very fun to watch with you, but I don't think that it is fun to watch in general. I thought it was pretty fun to watch. I also, I, I've been keeping my opinion silent, but I, I've kind of found the animals kind of funny. Not the puffin. I hated the puffin. I thought the frog had some good lines. And I thought his characterization was funny. That's because it's your boy. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, no, so. literally. Like, it's it's that, it's that. <laughs> it's that it's simple. It's that simple. Yeah. I, appreciate, I don't know why. I appreciate I mean, he wasn't the worst. I mean, but I literally hate. No, I, I, I hated the puffin too much for me to redeem. I wrote down, else. "Is that Giacomo?" <laughs> <laughs> it basically is. Yeah, which I hate. Another blight on society. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what like, is it about bird characters that it's are because they're always like weirdly pudgy and like plucky, and I'm just like, shut up. Yeah, am I being fat phobic by saying that about <laughs> puffin? Who knows? <laughs> Throw me in the trash. <laughs> Okay. Better go throw yourself in the trash. <laughs> I must go throw myself in the trash. I would say watch the first 15 minutes and like okay. watch all the way up until she rejects him and then you, you, you're you good. Yeah. I think that's yeah. That's also where most of the good nostalgia shit hits anyway. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, you will be shocked how much of the movie you remember from the first 30 minutes versus the rest of it. Yeah. Which I had absolutely no memory of. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Um, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say that it's a good movie, but I would say that it there's some fun to be had there. Yeah. Okay, Josh, where can our you're a person online? Where can our listeners find you on the internet? Uh yeah, you can find me on YouTube. My YouTube channel is Josh Isn't. There's actually maybe your guys listeners already know oh, about this. Yeah, we did a we did a collab with Josh recently. Yeah. We did a song with him, which I, we did post on our Instagram, but I don't know if we ever talked about it in an episode, but now yeah. you know. Yeah. We've done a song with Josh and a video with Josh. There's a video of that. us making a song together. It's super funny. The song turned out really well, and uh, I think that you guys would really enjoy it. And I've got some other weird videos up there. At Josh underscore isn't, I think. Honestly, if you're following Hannah... It's easy to find him. You'll you'll get more of me through her than you will through me. Yeah, those are facts. True. Josh, thank you for joining us. It's been been a a pleasure. This has been an absolute delight. Thank you for humoring me. (laughs) You had some good points. I I really appreciate the chance to be here. Thanks for coming. And again, I am serious about the Footmen cover. Um, <laughs> that's what I want. We will have to you better do hop it. on it. Hi, everyone. It's Hannah from the future, and I'm just here to say he did the cover. He did the cover of Princesses on Parade, and here it is. Every single princess on the planet. Praise to be invited to the ball. Every Porsche, Guinevere, and Janet would come by coach or boat to be here. Most would swim the moat to be here just to be at this historic gala. Girls would walk or run or even crawl. Rumor is that at this joyous scene tonight, the prince will likely choose his future queen tonight. He really slayed it. I gotta say. And if we ever do Hercules in the future, I don't know if it'll happen, <laughs> but you got your man. Josh's enthusiasm for Hercules is unlike I anything I've ever witnessed. I love Hercules. <laughs> yeah, it's really intense. Okay, everyone. 
buy merch as always we beg of thee oh, yeah um it's sitting in our house it's sitting in my parents house <laughs> there's part there's some of it's here and leave us a review um i g2g we all g2g but we will be back next week and we appreciate you very much bye bye Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer of the show is Michael D'Aloya. You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover-cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingpictures.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at tupingpictures and would love to hear from you there. And if you love Sleepover Cinema, if it's become a staple of your weekly routine, or if it's a new show you've been listening to, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode with a few friends, maybe even both. We'll chat again soon. Bye. Bye. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.